Spy Hunter Comes Home to Britain. It's Iris Sinclair, 84. Hi everybody, welcome to Iris Sinclair. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today Aaron, we're going to be talking about Spy oh, Hunter. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. All right. Now Aaron, I know you're a big Bond guy. You got that right. That's right. If you were going to improve on the Bond mystique, what is he missing? You mean now or just in general? Just in general. If you were going to build a new Bond See, from the, the ground up, what would thing you do? Bond, I like Bond with, I like wacky gadgets. Mm -hmm. I do. Mm -hmm. I'm that guy. And I like... Bond to have a, a a sense of humor. That's why I'm a big Roger Moore guy. Mm -hmm. I mean, listen, I read the books. The books are much more Connery-like or Dalton. But at the end of the day, I want to be entertained. Right. And these movies are long, mm -hmm. low-trying, silly affairs mm -hmm. with over-the-top plots and bad guys, which is all great. Henchmen doing all kinds of crazy crap. You can't have a super serious Bond. That's what was the problem with Dalton. Like, he was super serious, and so his movies were more like, they weren't funny at all. Was it he, was, like, View to a Kill? Was no, that, that was Roger Moore. Oh. No, that was Roger Moore's last movie. Timothy Dalton did Living Daylights, and uh, he also did License to Kill. Okay. And those movies are, are especially License to Kill, are, it's a revenge film where he's gunning suckers down, and it's not the least bit funny. Mm. You know, I like the levity mm -hmm. that a Roger Moore brings to the table. Well, Sean Connery, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, I'd say I'd say really Dalton was the least amusing Dutch, but I'd have to have the gadgets and the levity. Uh, you've got to have. I like my Bond. I'm old school. I like a hard drinking, like ch chick magnet Bond. Mm -hmm. uh, I always like that stuff. Sometimes they falter on the bad guys. I mean, there's been a couple duds that were bad. What's guys. the What's the worst Bond villain of all time? <sighs> Boy, that's tough. I'll tell you the uh, the villain. And I'm trying to think which movie it was. I think it was Living Daylights. I think it was Joe Don Baker who played the... And that sucked. He sucked. As a what villain. was his name? He was just some big, fat American doofus general. That's a bad name. Yeah, I don't remember his name. Uh, uh, Mr. Drax from the Moonraker, that god-awful film. That's the one that's so bad. You could sort of enjoy it on that mm -hmm. level, but he sucked. So really, would you say that good Bond villains are in the minority? Like Goldfinger or like Jaws? Oh, no. I think there's like plenty of good ones. Odd Job. Like Mr. Big was good. I, I mean, Odd Job was a henchman. Mm -hmm. But like the uh, Scar Scaramanga, the guy with the man with the golden gun, was great. I loved him. That's my favorite Bond film. Uh, the, uh, the Russian guy from the first... Uh, what was that? A go from GoldenEye was great. I like that guy. I like that GoldenEye had a great. The other, the evil Bond was great. They it, Bond movies are funny when they hit, they hit, and when they miss, they can range from a, a major miss to something that's just a god awful miss. Mm -hmm. You know, such as a Moonraker or a you know, cause there's been a couple of real now, bad. You ones. know, Bond looms so large in media. Yeah, there's not really anybody else that has been successful in any sort of media that's been a spy except for James Bond. Well, I don't agree with that because you've got your stuff like your Born Identities. Those were he was. Is he a spy? Yeah, I mean, he's sort of. Yeah, he he is a he's sort of a spy. I mean, is Bond a spy? I mean, yeah, really? he works for MI6. Right, but I mean, is he a spy or is he this guy that said that to do a bunch of butt whooping? Well, okay. I mean, let's face facts. That's what Born does. Mm -hmm. You know, some of these guys. I mean, if if you've just got a movie where a guy they send him undercover. I mean, who's how can Bond ever go undercover? That's true. By the way, that's true. You know, I mean, he's <laughs> he's been doing this, and they rebooted Bond 
you know, a couple years ago, uh, and, and but it was just still the same thing. I mean, he's everywhere, you know. Mm. So, but I mean, I, I don't mind it so much. I, I I think he's still number one. You wonder Bond's a little bit like Doctor Who. He's just like uh, he's this essential hero that goes under that goes. And changes every so often, and the changes have kept them around. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, when you change, you sometimes change for the worse. Mm-hmm. And so there you go. Now, if you had to put Bond up against Maxwell Smart, you know my dad loved that show, mm-hmm. and I, 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 I believe the guy's name that played Maxwell Smart was Adam Don Adams. Don Adams, and I like Don Adams. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong, sneaky short, but he's like five two. Uh, you ever see the nude bomb that he was in? No. Was Where, he actually nude? No. They, they had someone had developed this bomb that when they exploded, it, took, it blew all your clothes off. Oh. Yeah. Uh, anyway, is I like... Is this a film? Yeah. I like him. I like Get Smart, but it's not my favorite, if I'm honest. It's mm. a little too dopey for me. I mean, it's got one of the all-time great entrance of any mm-hmm. TV show. Yeah. With all the doors and yeah. stuff. But Now, another show I really enjoyed for Spice that was The Prisoner. And Danger Man, those are both spy-related. Those are both great. Patrick McGowan. Patrick McGowan is one of my all-time favorite actors. He also wrote a lot of those, so I put him on the list, too. There were, I mean, there were a ton of spy shows in the 60s and 70s. Millions of them. I Spy. He was a spy, right? There were, I was two guys in that. That was Bill Cosby and, uh, oh gosh, what's his name? The guy from, the guy from uh, uh, Grace American Hero. Um, his name escapes me. He's real, he's another guy that's famous. Now, he was great. Uh, I didn't like that show either. <laughs> so, yeah. That what was, about Charlie's Angels? I did watch that, but I didn't really pay attention to the plot. Yeah, I don't think yeah, Even as did. a kid, I was like, listen, this is all about the hot chicks. That's mm-hmm. all I want to see. You know, that, and that's what I watched. I like Bosley. He was pretty cool. Mission Impossible? Eh. I didn't get into the show, and the movies are eh. They're mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. You know? And now, but I mean, they all, a lot of those built off the formula that Ian Fleming put together. Sure, yeah. You know, yeah. and so... That made it easier for the rest of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Aaron, why don't we uh, dive deep into the video game world of the spy and talk about Spy Hunter? Yeah, now, uh, uh, of course, Spy Hunter was a game that was released back when I was romping and stomping uh, in the arcades. Uh, but did you have you played this in the arcade before? Yes. Oh, good. Yes. Now, did you play the uh, stand-up or the set-down? I've only seen the stand-up model of now, this. Now, I'm going to tell you something. The set-down model of this was quite the item. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that this game had that a lot of games didn't have, there were very few that had, like, physical buttons and lights that were part of the machine. Mm-hmm. And so it made it more realistic to me to have the car with the buttons you, on it. You know, so, it's funny. I always wonder why more machines didn't take advantage of I that. do, too. Because I've, uh, uh, there's been a couple games that had that like separate buttons that lit up, mm-hmm. and so I always thought that was dandy. And the thing is, it's not as if you have to manufacture these bespoke buttons. You just get some clear buttons and you silk screen whatever you well, want. Well, I mean, name it was a different era, those. I yeah. guess. I don't know, make cutting costs. But the set down version of this was, oh man, was it nice. I miss those big cock the cockpit versions mm-hmm. of games. Now was this a was this a fully like enclosed it was the type full, deal? Yeah, the yeah. full deal. It was real, really cool. So this I did, when Rose researched this, but I learned something. Believe it or not, of course this was developed and published by Bally Midway in '83. Okay, so way back. Now get this: this thing was developed by Bill Adams. Okay, now you might be thinking to yourself, "Who's Bill Adams?" Well, he didn't do tons, but everything he did was solid gold. He did Tron Good. and this of Tron, which is the same game. Yeah. 
He did Satan's Hollow, Good. which is gold, yep. and he did Kicker or Kick. I love that game too. I, all those games yeah. are solid gold, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they all ran in that weird. This, in fact, the only one that didn't run in that weird resolution was this one. The hmm. other ones did. You know, I'm talking about that. That they had that weird glimmer to them, mm-hmm. and this that except for Spy Hunter. <coughs> so <laughs> I salute Bill Adams. Yeah, this guy was an arcade genius. I can see why he hung around at Bally. Um, of course. Uh, this game was a mega hit when it came out. It was it was originally supposed to have a Bond license. Really? Complete with I the Bond theme, the whole nine yards. Right. So if you ever wonder why it's got the Peter Gunn theme in it, that's which is another spy we didn't mm-hmm. mention. If you ever wondered why it had the Peter Gunn theme, and uh, it's because they had to, they didn't get a license. But by the way, I don't know what the people that run Bond were smoking. Because they should have put their license all over this game. You know, it's funny because they gave their license to a lot of very poor titles. Yeah, we played a couple. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, picture, remember that game we played for the Amiga? It was like a... Uh, uh, license uh, to license, kill. And that sucked yeah. compared to this. Yeah, yeah. And they tried to do this, and they sucked at it. Mm-hmm. They should have just done this. They would have been better off. But this ain't the first time we've seen that happen. Uh, of course, Spy Hunter was such a popular game that, it, first of all, it was the highest... It was one of the top five highest-grossing arcade games of 1984 and 1985. Wow. Two years. And those were not slouchy years. No, and, not at all. Know, now, the not arcades were slipping off a little bit, but they were not slouchy. Of course, you got the two, uh, the stand-up and the uh, 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 co- cockpit version of the game. And uh, the game, of course, was ported to a million uh, different devices back in the day. Uh, the Amstrad, Apple II, the Atari 2600, which I've played that one, uh, the Atari 8-bit. Have you tried the 8-bit of this? Boy, you know. I don't remember ever playing on the 8-bit. I don't 8-bit. think I have. Uh, the BBC Micro, the ClickoVision, the C64, NES, uh, the Palm OS, <laughs> PC Booter. You know, uh, um, this is a game I've played quite a bit on the Amiga under the Major Motion ripoff, mm, right. which is a great, right? That's a that's great, a really PD good version of, version of this. That was from one of our early PD explosions. It's not PD. Episodes. That thing's that was for sale. That was a, oh, it was all yeah. Okay. It's, I actually uh, it was a port. I guess over. it was in one of our arcade port episodes. Yeah, it was then. a port over from the Atari ST, by the way. So the both the Atari ST and the Amiga got that game. So anyway, with a game as successful as this, you know. It was going to come home uh, because it had to come home. I mean, you're literally talking about one of the all-time great games. Oh, I should mention before we move on that there was a Spy Hunter 2. Did you ever play that? Never. It's not as good. It's Is got it the separate same? views. It's okay. got a 3D view. Mm. They tried to, you know, advance the series. Mm-hmm. It was a big mistake. Uh, so, uh, moving along to the ZX Spectroverse, they didn't, they didn't let the uh, uh, grass grow under a feet boat when they put this one out. Uh, it was. It came out in '85, uh, created by Denton Designs. Uh, we've covered some of their stuff before. Instead of Frankie Goes to Hollywood, mm-hmm. uh, they also were responsible for Bounces, uh, Cosmic War Toad. One we've got to get around to. Double Take, The Great Escape, and a ton more games on the ZX. Just a ton. Uh, I saw a lot of people have this listed as being co-created with F. David Thorpe. That's not true. But he did. But he's the guy that does all the load screens, mm-hmm. and the load screen. This is awesome. Yeah, it is. Very and by impressive. the way, everything he ever did, the best thing I've ever seen. <laughs> There's a ZX Art uh, webpage. You can mm-hmm. go look these guys up. Go look up sometime. Go have a look and see what F. David Thorpe was responsible for. He's a stud. Mm. I mean, this guy is a master crafter when it comes to making these loading screens. So I'm going to give him uh, his due on that. Uh, this is from 48K. It's got your usual control setups. It, they have everything covered there. 
Uh, it was uh, around eight pounds when it was released. Um, Bo, just to, in case someone hasn't played this before, why don't you give people a rundown of what this game is? Okay, Spy Hunter is a top-down uh, racer-slash-shooter title uh, where you play as a uh, as a uh, spy. Well, you're either a hunter of spies or a spy that's a hunter. Yeah. It's never fully revealed. <laughs> it goes, maybe that's where he's going. He's on his way to go get, uh, go back a couple turkeys. That's right, that's right. <laughs> So uh, what he uh, uh, what you do is you either pilot a uh, a car, and the car is sort of like a Aston Martin type car, maybe like a Porsche. It's a sports car. Yeah. Uh, or you can also pilot a boat. You're either piloting a boat or a car. And uh, the idea behind the game is that you're driving on a twisty, turny road, always and forever heading forward, and you have to either shoot or run other cars off the road. Or uh, basically avoid being run off the road yourself, while uh, you and the the big the big draw of the game is that you have an upgradable vehicle. Okay, so every once in a while you'll have a, a white truck will pull up behind you, and you if you allow it to get in front of you, it will lower its uh, it will lower a ramp, and you drive into the truck. And then you come out of the truck with an upgraded weapon of some kind. Okay, it could be like an oil slick. Some missiles, a smoke screen, etc. Uh, later on in the game, as you progress, you'll be hunted down by more and more aggressive enemies, including a helicopter, which will uh, hover overhead and try and drop bombs on you. And essentially, what you have is uh, is you're just trying to make it to the end. You're trying to make it as far as you can. Yeah, there's it's, no it's, end. Yeah, it's it's a score attack game. <laughs> yeah, you're just trying to make it as far as you can uh, without crashing. That's yeah. Spy Hunter. I want to, just to, on the car, the car for me, because the car turns into a boat at one point, and I'm, I think... It's a boat of cars. Yeah, well, take off. Oh, God. Is that where you got that? It's early not. No. Um, there was a movie in 77 called The Spy Who Loved Me. Mm -hmm. I had to confirm the date. And The Spy Who Loved Me car was a Lotus Esprit uh, S1 and I think this is sort of like a, a, an effort to be like that car because it was white, mm -hmm. and it could also go into water. Sure. So I'm, that's my guess. Well, except for the fact that when you go into the water, your craft physically turns into a boat. Well, this thing turned into a boat, too. Yeah. It would, but, I mean, also I think what my guess would have been is that they probably made a few minor modifications to make it less like the... But that's just a guess. Maybe mm -hmm. they just made a random car that turns into a boat. Who knows? Um this in the arcade. I want to get into the comparisons between this and the arcade in terms of how it plays. Okay. Um, this game, first of all, it always reminded me of those physical games, mechanical games you used to get when you were a kid. I don't know if you got them, where the track, the road is on re reels, mm -hmm. and you have just moved your little plastic car yeah, through it. Yeah, I love that. That's those what games. it reminds me of because the road's sort of twisty and turny mm -hmm. like that. Uh, the uh, uh, in the arcade. Uh, you had separate buttons for all the various weapons that you could pick up. And like Boat said, you get oil slick, you get a smoke screen, uh, you get this thing that makes your car bounce people into the, in a, off, the, off the road. You also get missiles. And each one of these had a button, plus there was also a button that would occasionally light up that would let you call the truck. Oh, like, yeah, really? there was a truck button in the arcade. You could actually hit the button. It's funny because no one talks about that anymore. But that was now. I mean, it would still show up occasionally. Mm -hmm. But the arcade, you could hit the button, and if that the button would light up occasionally, right that means when it you was ready. The truck. That's cool. Yeah, I like that it was, a lot. Oh, dude, the arcade versus this is awesome. Yeah. you know, and the pinball machine's not bad either. Mm. So what they had to do in uh, in this, and I'm going to give them credit here, Boat. 
as you pick up these different weapons, uh, what you do is you hold your fire button and then you move the joystick to the left and right and down and it will uh, shoot these different weapons. Mm -hmm. It actually, it seems like this would be a horrible system, but it's not it's bad. Not. Yeah. You've just got to be clever with when you shoot your weapons off. You've got to make sure that you don't need to do any steering. That's right, because, yeah. and because this road is treacherous. Mm -hmm. Now, in the boat, when you get in the boat, you're pretty much, it's just, it's the same thing except you're in the boat. It's right. not that much. There's a thing that drops, that drops barrel bombs on you. You know, it's, it's, it's basically it's just a clever, you know, trick they mm -hmm. do. Now, with all that said, uh, um, this game plays a, 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 a lot twitchier than I would have expected, given the amount of real estate you've got to work with. And that's my biggest complaint about this game, is that you've got so little screen to, to navigate with in terms of, you can't, it's hard to see what's coming. And the, and the road and the river uh, twist and turn so much that it doesn't take anything for you to screw up and hit, hit the land. I found the enemies in this actually fairly forgiving. Now I would there gives you the choice of playing expert or novice. I believe the choices. I usually play novice. I didn't even try an expert because novice was hard enough. And I will have to say it took me a while to actually get um, get into this game on the ZX because it was so the draw distance was so short. Now with all that said, what do you do to combat that? Well, what I did was drive slower. I mean, if you want the truth, in the arcade, you I mean, even in the arcade, this is a problem. But it's not it's not so much that there's draw distances short, it's the fact that they that the road is really twisty and turning and you can really rock it forward. Well, you know? one of the things that's different about the way this game handles speed versus the uh, versus the arcade is that the scrolling on this is pretty much it, it's pretty much you're going forward at the same rate. There may be a slight derivation on on like the faster you go, the faster it, it's it's uh, the the scroll the screen scrolls. But really what I found is the best move is to just kind of hang back as much as you can, yeah. and that gives you the most that's, space to that's work That's what with. I mean. Just yeah. stay towards the back of the screen, because right. you're right. The screen's going to do what the screen's going to do. Um, the enemies can come on you quickly. That's the, Here's another problem I have with the game. Um, literally, you can you can come out of the truck, and if there's an enemy there he, he with the wheel grinders, uh, they, they can knock you right off the road mm -hmm. instantly, uh, so you can't do anything about it. I did see some funny stuff in this. This is always, in all the home ports of Spy Hunter, there's been one constant. Because whenever you start the game, a truck comes out and lowers you out of the back of the truck. Mm -hmm. And then occasionally you'll get back in the truck and get your weapons, right? Well, that causes some wacky antics. <laughs> the truck, I've seen the truck go into the boat lane. I've seen the truck, like, you, the, it won't, the game won't put you in the game until the truck can safely drop you out. So it can skip for like a long time right, right. before it will let you out. So you just watch the scenery go by. You sit there waiting to come out. Sometimes you'll call the truck. In this, in the in the original game in the arcade, if you if the truck comes up and like you speed off for some reason, if you slow down, the truck will kind of come back. Not in this version. And once he's off the screen, you can kiss him goodbye. Well, there's a there's a there's a lot of interesting things about the enemy behavior in this game. Yeah. Uh, most of the cars appear to be driven by the Keystone cops. Yeah. Uh, because they they just sort of bumble about. You know, they're they're not incredibly aggressive at all. They're just sort of doing their own thing, and they don't mind at all to just just uh, plunge straight into the side and crash and die as often as possible. Yeah. Uh, your truck is the same way. 
you'll be driving along on the road and you'll see your truck slowly start to approach from the back. You're like, sweet, the truck. And then you'll have to veer to the left. The truck won't veer, it'll explode. Yeah. That's the end of the truck. The truck dies all the time. <laughs> but I mean, I will say, I'm not going to badmouth the Spectrum version because it happens in all the versions. Mm -hmm. Even in the arcade, the truck sometimes will kill you mm -hmm. accidentally. Sometimes the truck will kill like, civilians. You know, there are plenty of people, there are plenty of non-spy traffic in the game. And you're not supposed to kill them. That's bad. You only want to kill the spies. And in this, there are basically three types of bad guys on the road. You Like you mentioned, the helicopter. There are these indestructible cars you can't shoot that you have to knock off the road. And then you've got uh, the these cars that have grinders on their wheels that they run into and kill you. Uh, which is fine. That's all fine. Uh, but in the arcade, like there's a limo with a guy that will shoot at you. I didn't see him in this game yeah. at all. So I don't think they left him out. Uh, this game, the one drawback for Spy Hunter, as much as I like it, I've always liked it, but it, it just in the basis of the game is that it just sort of keeps going. Mm -hmm. You keep driving, you know, and when you get the, the funny thing about having those secret weapons, especially in this version, like you really, most of the action's in front of you. Mm -hmm. In the arcade, stuff speeds up and tries to get you. Now, maybe in uh, the expert version, you get more of that, but I didn't get so much of that in this. Uh, it was mostly well. Most of the time, what I would do is I would let when when enemies did start to come behind me, I would let them. I would keep them behind me, or do this with a truck, and I'd let them run interference for me. Yeah. So then you would make your journey actually easier. So that was my strategy. Uh, something else that uh, we should mention is that, that much like the arcade, there are occasions where you'll get a message that says the bridge is out, mm -hmm. and that means you have to become the boat. Sometimes right. you don't have to become the boat if you don't want. Mm -hmm. And so, if you because if you keep going, you'll just go off the bridge and die. Right. So there's also that. I mean, overall, how did you feel? I mean, was this fun for you? Did you enjoy playing this? I thought this was a competent arcade port on the ZX Spectrum, uh, and I'll tell you why. One, it's it's fast. It's 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 not slow. Okay, I won't say that this is breakneck speed, but I wouldn't call it fast. The scrolling is smooth, and it doesn't feel it doesn't feel chuggy. Like, and I think that the the smoothness of the scrolling has a lot to do with it. Um, I didn't feel like lack of speed was an impairment to my having fun with this game. Two, yeah, I will say I agree with that. The game is very colorful. Okay, you've got uh, greens and browns on the on the sides. You know, when you're driving through the lush forests. All of the cars are different colors. Uh, this is not a game. I, you know, one of my main complaints about Spectrum games is when they decide to go fidelity over color and use that higher detail graphics mode at the expense of making their game one color. Yeah. To me, the Spectrum it needs to show the spectrum of colors. So I like that. Oh, good one. Okay. Yeah. And three, I like the fact that they managed to include almost every element of the arcade game. You know, you've got almost every enemy type. You've got all the special weapons. You've got the boat. Everything is present except for the iconic Peter Gunn music. But we're talking yeah. about a 48K Spectrum game. You probably don't want the Peter Gunn theme blaring out through the beeper. I don't know. That is a real big part of the game. I mean, real. I mean that that music in the arcade. I know you're right. I understand you're saying there are limitations, but it is missed. It's desperately missed because it really 
that's one of the all-time great arcade themes. All right, I think we can agree on that. So it's funny because I, you know, we played that in the band this year. Yeah. And every time I'd announce, I'm saying, "You might have heard it in Spy Hunter," and I'd always scan the crowd to see the one guy go, "Yeah!" Nobody ever did. You never so. said this is the theme from Peter Gunn, the show. No, no I just one. said this is the theme from Spy Hunter. Eat it. And I think Art it. of Noise covered this too. One really? Time. What's yeah. Art of Noise? You never heard of Art of Noise? Mm-mm. Is that a weird British? I'll thing? educate you later. Um, but yeah, I agree with most of what you said. Listen, you're right. They made a choice. I think they could have probably had a better game if they went to higher res. But they could get away with this game at this. I don't do like the color. This would this would not disappoint anybody. If 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 you went and you played this at the arcade and you had a Spectrum at home, you knew what the Spectrum was capable of. You would not be disappointed by I, this. Game. I agree. I agree. I think especially you're talking eight pounds. Right. I mean that's a. I think that's a bargain. Yeah. So I, I'm going to agree with you. Now, uh, uh, this thing uh, was a uh, very popular with our Discord, but let's look at what the uh, what the uh, magazines at the time gave this bad boy. So CVG gave this a uh, a, a 92 percent. Crash uh, gave this uh, an 89. Uh, Sinclair user gave it an 80, uh, and your Sinclair gave this a six out of ten, 60. Wow. I'm surprised they killed it that That's bad. That's crazy. Yeah, and uh, and and your Spectrum, June of '85, decided this thing was five out of fifteen. What? Yeah, yeah, they killed it. Man, I do not understand that at all. I just, I I especially this. It's not like Spy Hunter had been around for a long right, time. Right, right. I mean, they turned this thing around quick. It's a competent port. What are they expecting here? I mean, I think. I mean, yes, maybe. I don't know. And some people liked it, so. Uh, uh, it wasn't like it got totally murdered. What did the uh, people in uh, the Discord think of this one, Bojo? We got quite a few reviews this time around, Aaron. We're going to kick things off with Will Brooker. And he says, Back in the 80s, my younger brother once went on a trip to the seaside with neighbors when I was at school. He returned home brimming over with stories, not about his friends or the seaside or fish and chips and rock, (laughs) but about an incredible new game. He described it in vivid detail, almost like a dream he remembered. You drive in a white car that backs out of a truck, and your enemies are a bulletproof vehicle, a sedan that shoots you, cruisers with wickedly spinning blades, and most miraculous of all, you can take a detour from the road and turn into a speedboat combating maritime foes. Envious, excited, and craving some of this action for myself, I duly programmed a basic version of what I imagined this game was like. Oh, I'd love to see that. <laughs> that game is sadly lost oh. time in an old C-15 cassette. But for his next birthday, my brother asked for Spy Hunter, which came in a flashy vinyl clamshell case with cover art of a cool guy and his hot girlfriend. I found the game frustratingly difficult at the time and only returned to it years later through the main version of the original arcade, which, to be fair, lived up entirely to my brother's detailed description. Coming back to the Spectrum port now is a rediscovery of fond memories. Very good. Of course, this version loses the distinctive Peter Gunn theme, but I actually prefer its zoomed-in view with far larger vehicles to the original and C64 port. All the other aspects are there, from weapons vans to the varied foes on land and water. Movement is slick and smooth, scrolling effective, color bright and attractive with minimal clash, and the machine guns rattle convincingly. I've been dipping into it during my evenings, and I can simply say that I love it. It's so straightforward, you can get into a near-hypnotic flow state. Dodging, accelerating, dropping oil and smoke, steering and veering. It's pure and beautiful, 
what retro gaming is all about. Have you ever been in a near hypnotic state? What was it? What did he say? Near hypnotic what state? Sorry. Bert state? What were you saying? You were in one right now, maybe weren't you? Maybe. Pajaco6502 writes, Overall, the developers did a good job cramming Spy Hunter into the specy. The graphics are larger and chunkier than any of its counterparts, and it's lacking that iconic Peter Gunn theme. It's also a lot more unforgiving when it comes to touching the sides of the road. In the Spectrum universe, it's insta-death, which makes getting into the water quite tricky. It seems whichever spy agency you work for in the game clearly spent all of their money on the car because the staff they hired to drive the trucks are idiots. <laughs> they will regularly crash before you can even get to them. And as for the enemy drivers, they were clearly trained by the same driving school. None of, this, none of this makes this port a bad game. The developers did a good job of squeezing all the controls onto a single joystick fire button. The game runs at a good pace and is very playable. I grew up around arcades and had regular access to the arcade version, so to be fair, I am probably biased. But for most folks, that was, would have been the only version of Spy Hunter they got to play, and for that reason, it's pretty good. You'll start playing in a few one more goes later. It will be suddenly way past bedtime. 7 out of 10. D-Man writes, I hadn't played either the Spectrum version or the arcade um, or MAME version before now, so this was completely new to me. My main gripes are a rather variable response when shooting or deploying weapons, and as other reviewers have mentioned, the general difficulty in actually getting the car onto the power-up trucks without them disappearing off-screen or crashing first. Other than those points, this is an enjoyable game with that addictive just-one-more-go quality. Not a classic, but not too shabby either. 7.5 out of 10. Orkmeal writes, Hey Boat, you asked for short reviews, so I wrote my first ever review here is a haiku. I love this. I hope this catches on. Oh god, no. A block scrolling road. The weird controls pose riddles. Civilians don't count. 6 out of 10. Pretty Thank good. you, Orkmeal. Pretty clever, eh? Paul, boss man, writes, mm. The Spectrum version is the best version. Even if you can't steer when using weapons. All other conversions are trying to closely emulate the arcade version. Silly skinny cars, annoying music, and floaty car controls. New rating system. Spy Hunter on the Spectrum is worth 25 minutes of a twin baby's 30 minute nap time. See, that's high praise. Yeah, yeah, that's a lot. Jigglebox writes, I can still remember being impressed with this game as a kid. The black road and the cool white car flying along through forests, bouncing innocent motorcyclists into the verge, dispersing oil or smoke to get rid of enemies and anyone else that gets in the way. Avoiding or shooting the pesky helicopter is vital, as is occasionally slowing down to let a lorry get ahead of you to replenish the oil or smoke. In more recent times, it's still a go-to game for a quick play without too much to think about. The Discord High Score Challenge has led me to focus on Spy Hunter on recent evenings, and it's still as enjoyable as ever. 9 out of 10. Very good. Jed Byrne writes, Spy Hunter was iconic in the arcade, and the port does a good job of bringing it to the spectrum. Many of the details are in there, and it's fun to play once you're used to the controls, but it doesn't actually feel like the arcade. The sprites are too big, and the sound is too silent. And finally, Steve writes, I remember enjoying this game on my Specky as a kid. It was great to just load up and blast away. Having played the other 8-bit ports, this now seems like the least faithful to the arcade. The large sprites and limited sound, even for a Specky, detract from the fun. It runs smoothly, though, and is filled with nostalgia, even for me. 6 out of 10. You know, they, they raised some good points there, but because uh, when we didn't mention, in the arcade, you could sort of go into the burn, you know, and not die. 
Uh, in this, you cannot go in the no. brain. You're screwed. Uh, it is a more blown up version of what you would say. But I mean, I will say uh, uh, it, it. You feel like you've got good control mm -hmm. over the car. So that's a that's a plus. Now we did have a little high score competition area yeah. on the Discord, and oh, again, I would like to remind everyone that if you are uh, would like to support the show on Patreon, everybody that supports the show on Patreon uh, gets access to our Discord channel. Uh, if you're an Iris Sinclair supporter, yeah. and uh, one of the many many benefits is you can leave us a review to read on the air and take part in our high score competition. Z9 K9 Aaron won this one. 235,000 points. Holy smokes. Followed by Will Brooker, then Jigglebox, then Pajaco, and D-Man bringing up the rear. Five solid entries. All of these guys, many multiples of my high score. Yeah, I, so. saw, I saw a lot of that going on. Hey, I wanted to ask you, Boat. You know, of course, I mentioned that the uh, Spy Hunter got shot everywhere when it came out. And one of the versions that I wanted to focus on it was on the old Nintendo Entertainment since the NES. Uh, did you ever play this one? You were a big NES I guy. I played this all the time. Really? All so the time. So, your thoughts? Uh, this is a mu it's much more it's much sim more similar to the to the arcade yes. game. Yeah. I find it to be much more difficult. It runs very very quickly. Yeah. Uh, you don't get access to the ship nearly as fast. Um, it seems like I only got to the ship once or twice ever while I was playing it. Yeah. And again, uh, I just you know. To me, having a game that you just it just goes on forever, that's not that's not my kind of game. I've got to have breaks in the action. Give me give me a time to pause. Give me a bonus stage or something like that. This is a, this is an awful lot like Bump and Jump, except I think Bump and Jump is a much better game. Well, I think this game is better in the arcade. I think Bump and Jump is a better game at home. Mm -hmm. The arcade game, you lose a lot when you don't have all the cool accoutrements. Sure, there, absolutely. You know, in, in my eye. That much said, uh, I think given what the, the parameters, what the uh, Spectrum had to work with versus the NES, I mean, clearly the NES is a be is a looker. It's a mm. good-looking game, but it's definitely more like the arcade. But I think the, the ZX version sort of is almost like uh, 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 just a different version of the same game, and in every sense of the word, mm -hmm. it's more blown up. You know, but it's it's I think it's probably is a little bit easier. And I'll tell you this too: one of the faults of the NES version is that unlike the Spectrum version, which sort of scrolls at a, at a consistent rate, yeah. in the NES version, you can see this as he's playing, when you slow your car down, the scrolling stops. Yeah. And so you end up with this very herky-jerky yeah. you know, sort of thing. And it, it's, it's not ideal. It's not ideal. Before we finish up here, I did, just because I like to be, I'm a thorough fellow, uh, Boat, as you know, I looked up some pricing. Mm. All right. If you would like to pick up the cassette for Spy Hunter... Right now, they are out there for under 10 U.S. dollars in the U.K., plenty of them out there. Now, if you would like to pick up the uh, pinball machine of Spy Hunter, it's a good one. 4000 bucks are best offer right now, you can pick you one up. Now, this surprised me. If you want to pick up the arcade, stand-up arcade, I could not find any of the cockpit versions for sale. Those things are probably held and tightly and not let go given right. what they are right if you want this was a sale price boat the stand-up arcade just recently sold on ebay for four grand holy cow so you're not the only one that thinks that this is the uh that this is better and then lastly i did find uh a currently available stand-up spy hunter games on sale right now 1700 bucks clearly not of the uh of the uh, beauty of the 4,000 one. I'm sure that thing was 
re- that had been shopped out to the guilds. Right. But so if you're actually wanting to get in on it, and if you ever do get the chance to, uh, to be somewhere where they've actually got this game uh, available, uh, I would give it a shot. It, it's a game you're not going to see too many more like this one anymore, given all the physical controls that you could, that you could toy around what with. Would you, what would you pay for, for this one, Aaron, is for the, arcade, for the arcade game to add to your collection? Here's the problem, okay? This is a game that you're ultimately going to get tired of. Mm-hmm. And you know I'm right. Right. Uh, because, like we mentioned... Uh, it's uh, once the nostalgia and the, and the coolness of the song and the fun of playing with the actual controls wear off, what you've got is just a never-ending scrolling point game. Now, if you get into the point battle, you can have fun with it going forward, but this is not my favorite. And like I said, I, you're right, Bumper Jump's right there with this. And Bumper Jump has a lot going for it that just doesn't. It's more of a playable game. This one's more of a, you have to have a lot of touch to play mm-hmm. this one. So I, I would not pay anywhere near 1400 or 1700 bucks. If I saw this thing for say six hundred, you know, stand up, I'd go for it. And now, if I could get the cocktail ver- or the cockpit version, say fourteen hundred bucks, I'd be all over it mm-hmm. because of the novelty of it. Yeah, but yeah it's just. And what about what about you? Yeah, I to me this isn't this isn't one that I I would probably add to the eclectic. I just don't I just don't like it that much. Uh, I think that there's a for me. For me to purchase a stand-up arcade machine that takes up an incredibly large amount of space, it's got to have mega replay value. Yeah, and this reminds me a little bit of like Turbo. Mm-hmm. Turbo, another game that has an awesome set-down version. It's got an awesome stand-up version, and it's also got all the physical controls and lights right. and gauges and stuff. Yeah, just stuff that you didn't see. You don't see that yeah. stuff. And anymore. those go for relatively cheap. Turbo. I mean, you can sometimes you can get them, or you know, even a Monaco GP. I've seen, those have digital controls too. Though you can get those for fairly uh, inexpensively used to. I don't know nowadays. It's crazy time. You, you never know. Yeah. You never know. Um, all right, Aaron. So uh, before we say goodbye to our uh, before we say goodbye to Spy Hunter, we want to give a big shout out to the fine folks that picked Spy Hunter yeah. for us to play this Good week. Good choice. Um, so we want to thank Richard Goulstone, Paul Harrington, McChessers, Jed Byrne, Justin Tinpot Gamer, Orc Meal. And Paul, aka Hermski, the Herminator. Good choice, fellas. Um, Paul Bossman Harrington was the one that picked Spy Hunter mm. for us. I okay. bet he's a good hand at that game, yeah. by the way. Yeah, absolutely. Now, if you have feedback on this episode, we'd love to hear from you. You can leave us a comment on YouTube. Uh, if you could leave our Sinclair a review on the podcast service of your choice, that would really help us become more well known. Um, we release this show in both audio, podcast, and video format on YouTube. So if you want to watch our glorious faces move up and down while there's video of the game playing, you can do that. We also record the show live on Twitch. Uh, usually, usually on a Saturday, Saturday <laughs> afternoon, yeah. like we are right now. Uh, and uh, so twitch.tv slash Amigos Retro Gaming. Our YouTube channel is also Amigos Retro Gaming. If you want to support the show, just visit patreon.com slash Sinclair. Uh, we do have a goal up there. If we can get to $200 a month in Patreon support, Our Sinclair will go from a monthly show to a weekly show. And every, almost every week, Aaron, we get a little bit little bit more gets added to the copper. Beautiful, man. Uh, so we, got we, no, are, we got enough tapes to play. We're well on our way, and we will never run out of games. No, we will not. We'll never run out of games. Uh, and that leads us to our R. Sinclair roll call. So we want to thank all of these fine R. Sinclair supporters. Wanderly Chesham, Chartel, Jigglebox, David Terrace, Andrew Waite, Eric Nelson, Cap'n Crispy, Laurent Giroux, Mark Downey, Peter Mulholland, 
Chris Folds, Mark Durham, Mitsuyama, and Pixels at Dawn. Thanks, fellas. Now, guys, if you are anywhere in the vicinity of West Virginia, we would love to have you come to our first ever Vintage Computer Festival that's taking place less than a month from now, just a few weeks away. It's called Boat Fest, and it's taking place over at the Holiday Inn Express in Hurricane, West Virginia, June 24th and 25th. We got a poster right here. That means it's real. Okay. Well, <laughs> what did like they were they thought we were lying all these months? We'll have thirty plus consoles and classic computers set up, ready to go. Okay. Plus, we're going to do live recordings of all the Amigos shows. Rob Flack O'Hara is going to be here. He's going to record an episode of Sprite Castle. We'll have contests. There's going to be karaoke. Everything's going to be off the chain and the hook. Oh man, it's going to be awesome. The team speaker regulars. That's the, right. The, the Brant will be there in all of his glory. There's going to be contests galore. There's going to be giveaways. There's going to be everything. It should be a lot of fun. All to glorify your sweet name. That's right. That's right. So all of the shows, or all of the the complete schedule, and uh, a way you can order tickets at BoatFest.info. BoatFest.info. We hope to see you there. Yeah. If you like our format and you want to hear us talk about old computers that are not the ZX Spectrum, you can check out Amigos, Everything Amiga, we got the Coco Show, Gaming on the Tandy Color Computer, the Atari ST Show, and of course, ARG Presents, which I'm not a part of, but you and the Brent spin the wheel, make the deal, and talk about a different wacky subject around retro gaming every week. That's right. All of these shows can be found on the Amigos Retro Gaming YouTube channel or at anchor.fm slash Amigos Podcast. Aaron, what are we going to be playing next time on Arson Play? Let's see what we got here, folks. And the winner is, oh man, Death Chase 3D. I, I think it's 3D, 3D Death Chase. 3D Death Chase, that's Any right. Anyway, it goes, it's a glorious three dimensions, right. both. So Orc Meal was the member of Clive's Club that uh, that chose this game for us he to chose play. well. And uh, we can't wait to check it Ooh. out. It's time to get on it, if you're a listener. Please, uh, you know, check out the game. If you're on Discord, leave us a review. We want to hear from you. We will read your review on the air next week or next time. I think this will be the game we do live at BoatFest. That's right. right. That's this right. will be the game. So if you're coming to BoatFest, make sure you play this game because we're going to get some live viewer feedback when we do this, when we do this sucker live at BoatFest. That's a very exciting boat. Very Absolutely. Exciting. So uh, we thank you all so much for listening. We will see you next time. Until then, rewind tape and press play.